Welcome to the RSA Conference StoryCorps Podcasts. Please enjoy this discussion between friends and colleagues Michelle Kwan and Chris Young. Michelle is President and CEO of MKA Cyber, and Chris is Senior VP and General Manager, Intel Security Group. Michelle begins the conversation. So Chris, what made you interested in technology? Even as a child, I was, I was interested in building, um, but it, it's the combination of problem solving, innovation, um, building that, that really is what's drawn me to technology. I so didn't choose it. <laughs> and you'll laugh when you find out why. I was in a shopping mall and there was a computer school there and I was just barely 19. And they pulled me aside and said, would you take this test? And if you do well on this test, you can go to computer school. <laughs> and in the line were a hundred guys. Right. And I was the only girl. And evidently I did really, really well. And they not only let me go to this computer school, but they paid my way through this computer school. And so I became an assembler programmer just by accident. And it's interesting to me, I don't know if you feel this way, but it is to me the ultimate IT. Now we're really supporting the business. We're protecting more than a box. We're protecting a whole entity you know, a bigger piece of society. And to me, that was really important. You know, cybersecurity encompasses everything that is happening in IT. Uh, but we have an added component of complexity, which is we have attackers. We have adversaries who don't live by rules. They can be very agile. We have to contemplate all the changes, incorporate all the things that are happening in the broader IT landscape, new technologies, new delivery models, and secure them. And then we also have to think about the attackers and the, the randomization patterns that they introduce into that environment that we're facing. And I think that's what makes our industry more exciting, more intellectually interesting than any other part of, of technology. I agree. And it, it brings a more social element into it. It does. Now, we compute without thinking. Like, we're walking around computing all the time. We have, we have fit bands. We have mobile devices. We have <laughs> all these kinds of connected, you know, with, with what's happening in our world today, compute is becoming almost as pervasive as air or water in some regard, which is pretty, I mean, it's fascinating when you really think about it. As you and I have come up, you know, there was a very distinct line between what was physical and what was virtual. In today's world, that's becoming very blurry, and I think it's really changing the way people communicate, the way people act, um, and certainly it's going to change the way uh, we think about relationships and how we, how we communicate with one another. You know, we, we don't really talk about the fact that you can piece together what happens on a street corner by people's cell phone photos. And it's not even just police cameras or, or you know, some type of, of observation camera. You know, the, the bombers in Boston, the, the video of them on the sidewalk was created by people's cell phone pictures. I mean, when you start to think about the, the actual breadth of of the monitoring of our society and the fact that we rarely talk about that, that it's just kind of naturally unfolding, to me is a very interesting occurrence. Yeah, your, your point about video, um, I, I think is, is, is spot on. I do love the, the um, almost the democratization of the, of, the, of the content now that we have. This is the power of the internet, the power of social media, the power of, of you know, of, of 
I would say, individually generated content that's that's now available to us. And I will say, you know, some of the the events that have taken place over the last year or so in our country, you know, where we've had, you know, shooting, you know, police shootings or, you know, beatings where, you know, the recording of those things from, you know, people with with mobile devices has sort of, you know, shown that, you know, hey, there's there's maybe the, the, the blame hasn't always been placed on the right people in these events and needs to be placed um, on the police in certain cases. And um, if that's going to drive the right reforms so that we better protect our citizens of all econ- socioeconomic levels and all races, I'm all for that, 100%. And I'm wondering how it, how it will change our industry as well. Well, you're working on, you're specifically uh, at a foundation level working on diversity initiatives in our industry. When you talk diversity, you could do a lot of different things. Where are you kind of focusing some of the efforts that you're... Well, we started um, focusing on women just from the very beginning because it was, it was there. It was so mm-hmm. obvious. Um, People really want to look at things in buckets, and that's going to be our struggle, is trying to look at things in buckets, but trying to look at the inclusion of everyone um, and all the differences that come with it. Yeah, inclusion is a, inclusion It can be a very wide-ranging, but I think it's a, I agree it's a very, uh, it's a very necessary lens that we view the diversity question, through which we view the diversity question. Um, and with, through which we tackle the diversity challenge because, you know, whether it's within an organization and within an industry, um, you know, through inclusion is how you actually create the right balance, I think, with diversity. We do need to go back and look at history. And, and I think that's a, that's a big piece of changing it because we do need to avail people to access to things. That's absolutely required. But we also have to be truthful in how we got here. You know, it wasn't a bunch of white men sailing on a ship that got here. And we, so we have, to, we have to figure it out, right? And I think talking openly about this is really what's most important. Because I will tell you, I feel like the generations maybe that kind of came before us, you know, would, would tell you they were more silent on these subjects because those who kind of made it through, you know, they almost felt like they had to be silent or they wouldn't have been able to make it through. And um, that's not everyone, but certainly it's a good number of, of people. And I think the, the ability to, to just be direct about it, you know, challenge people, have an open dialogue. And so we just, if we talk more openly about those things, I think that's one way in which we can kind of move this, this whole inclusion discussion a little bit forward. Because if we, if we hide from it, we'll never kind of tackle the real issues. That's right. And, and accepting that we're different. Um, and, I th- and I think it's going to be a collective effort. I think that's great. It's not always about the, the marketing product line. It's about the, the human beings. That's right. And if we could just inject a little bit more human into it, um, I actually think that'll serve our security community well. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for listening to this RSA Conference StoryCorps podcast. It was produced by RSA Conference with interviews recorded by StoryCorps a national nonprofit whose mission is to provide Americans of all backgrounds and beliefs with the opportunity to record, share, and preserve the stories of our lives. www.storycore.org